Are y'all glad to be here this morning? Are y'all glad that there wasn't a storm? I heard someone complaining the other day, and I was uh, yesterday about the storm situation, or maybe the day before yesterday, saying, well, I don't think it's going to be I was like, well, thank God. Let's thank God. Let's thank God that we were out barbecuing instead of uh, worried about water uh, taking us out. So we're so thankful. Why don't we just thank the Lord for the dry air that blew into that storm? Come on, let's give God some thanks for that. Amen. I, I was praying about it yesterday, and I said, Lord, Rooster Store has plenty of roofs to do. We're good. Just come on, Lord. Just let it go. Let it go. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, so glad y'all are here this morning. I love having all of our family together. I'm so excited. Does anybody in here want to give a couple million dollars today so we can build a new building, and then we can all be together every Sunday? Yeah, I want to, you, how many want to do that? How many would like to do that? How would like to give a couple million dollars? Okay, well, you, you don't get, raise your hand if you want to give a couple million. Maybe God will give it to you, and so that you can give it. Come on, come on, can I get a better amen? Amen, amen. It only takes money. That's all it takes. So I'm going to be talking about the church today, and um, is anybody in a hurry? If you're in a hurry, raise your hand. You need to go somewhere. You're in a hurry. Go. Oh, awesome, fantastic. We only have one, one that's in a hurry. Which one is that? I can't see the light. Who's in a hurry over there? Zach's in a hurry. Zach, I'll do my best, buddy. I'll do my best. He's hungry. Give him a donut. All right. So um, so we are so excited. Uh, Tammy and Kenny, are y'all in a hurry? Are y'all in a hurry? Yeah. They are ready for 5 o'clock to roll around sooner than later. Amen. And so we're excited about that. We're excited about that. Today is just a fantastic day. And um, I'm going to be talking today about the hope of the glorious church. Now, I wasn't going to be speaking on this today, but as I was, I actually was started preparing something else in our, uh, talking about our kingdom culture. But I just thought today, uh, with all the, the thought about what could be in the storm and, and, and all the things that are going on, I want to talk about the church. I want to talk about how powerful the church is. How many of the church is a very powerful force in the earth? Yeah, and, and I was talking to someone this morning. See, here we've created a problem in the American churches because we treat it so much like a business. That, and, and there's a business side to the church, don't get me wrong. I mean, we have to, we have to you know, do the right thing so we don't go to jail. And there's, there's a business side to the church. But we treat the church so much like a business that people become... Uh, acquainted with more of the business of church than the business of the church because there's a difference in the business in the church and the business of the church what is our business what are we what are we supposed to be doing we're supposed to be about uh, jesus said i'm about my father's business and the church is the answer the local church the body of Christ is the answer to the world. How many believe that we're the answer to the world? You say, well, pastor, that, I thought God was the answer to the world. But Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us. We're the answer to the world. Because God created us to be the answer to the world. Not because, because we're God or we're greater than anybody else, but because God has chosen the church to be the answer to the world. And, and the church is the bride of Christ. And so we're called to be the light of the world, not the light to the church. 
We're supposed to be the light to the world, and we're supposed to be shining in the world. And, 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 and the bride of Christ uh, has uh, been called to successfully carry out the, the plan and the mission of the church. And you are the disciples of Christ who have been called to disciple all the nations. And, and this means that all the nations will get to experience a transformational life change like you have. Now, I don't want our church to ever become what happens in the four walls on a Sunday morning. Can I get a better amen? Yesterday was going to be our opportunity to go out and serve, and we were going to clean some properties up in town. But it wasn't just for the sake of cleaning up some properties, but we're going to establish some outposts that we can reach our city. The church was created for the purpose of discipling nations. Uh, as a matter of fact, in a few weeks, we, got, we had to postpone our missions trip, but Labor Day weekend, uh, we're having our missions trip. I think there's a couple slots left, but uh, we want to just be a church that don't just do what we do inside the four walls, but we're a church that wants to reach out, a church that don't let the walls confine who we are and what we're about. Can I get a better amen? I feel a prophetic anointing hovering over this place this morning, and I might just get a little crazy here in a minute, but I feel a prophetic anointing hovering over this house this morning. I feel like this message today is more than just a sermon to be preached, but I feel like God wants to speak to someone prophetically today about your gifting, your calling, your purpose in your life. And we preach about this, but I think God wants to say it. And I want you to hear the Holy Spirit saying what he's got to say to you today and not just my voice. Because something is moving in this place. I can feel it. I can sense it. In Matthew 5, the scripture says this, Your lives light up the world. Let others see the light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things that you do will shine as a light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. When I was growing up in church, we used to sing a song, and everybody knows this song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let, how many remember that song? But you know what my favorite part was? My favorite part was this, don't let Satan blow it out, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan, okay, come on, blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Did you brush your teeth this morning? Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And Jesus gave me the light. I'm going to let it shine. Well, Jesus gave me the light. Are you laughing at my singing? I'm going to let it shine. Get you a mic. Jesus gave me a light. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You see, it, it, we're living in a time when we can shine like we've never shone before. We're living in a time when God's wanting to bring his glory to the earth, and, and he wants to bring his glory in a way like we've never seen God bring his glory. We're living in a time when God could show up in a big way if my people which are called by my name. 
would do what they're called to do. Everybody say there's an if in there. Come on, I'm about to preach somebody. There's an if in our life. If we get a, if we'll roll away the stone, God will raise the dead. If we'll show up and believe God will perform miracles. And he is looking for a glorified church that's excited about the kingdom of God. He's looking for a glorified church that's excited about the kingdom of God. When we walk out of this place, we can say, man, we had great church. Or we can walk out of this place and say, we are a great church. We are the church that's moving and shaking and changing lives and people's lives are being restored because we came together today to give praise to God and celebrate the goodness of God. But this is not all the church we're going to have this week because we're looking for an opportunity to be the church. In Isaiah 60, it says this, Rise up in your splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned, and Yahweh glory now streams from you. Yahweh's glory now streams from you. The glory of God is streaming from us. The glory of God is shining upon our lives. It's stream- the glory of God is, f- look, when you walk out of this place, man, you ought to be glowing under the glory of God. But guess what? Monday morning, the glory of God, get up and just give a little worship time. Hey, listen, I might not can sing as good as some people, but I know one thing. Here's what I know. As much as I love her singing, I just told Michelle, I said, man, that girl can sing. Yeah, that girl can sing. But there's, you know what's greater than her singing is her anointing. Because, see, singing won't break the yoke. The anointing will break the yoke. Preaching won't break the yoke. The anointing will break the yoke. Loving people like Jesus loves us will break the yoke off people's life. And the glory of God ought to be streaming out of our life. Alive, alive. The church ought to be alive. We ought not be a dead church, a deadbeat church, but we ought to be a church that's alive and full of the glory of God. Can I get a better amen? I'm feeling excited this morning. Look carefully. The darkest blankets the earth, and a thick gloom covers the nation. But Yahweh arises in you. The glory of God arises in you. Holy Spirit burning in you. Passion of the goodness of God burning in you. A love for people burning in you. You know how we're going to change the world, April? Because we're going to burn with the love of God in our hearts for the people that are around us. We're going to forgive and we're going to set free and we're not going to hold grudges and we're not going to have attitudes and we're not going to go around stuck in the miry mud of our bitterness because we've been delivered and set free. So we're going to bring the glory of God to the world around us. Listen, if there's things in your life, this ain't none of my notes, but if there's things in your life that's holding you back, if you've got some odd against your brother or sister or friend or husband or family, shake that stuff off. Shake that stuff off because it's causing your light to be under a bushel. Say, I'm not going to let the things of this earth put out the fire that's inside of me. I'm not going to let little problems that are around me put out the fire that's inside of me. I'm going to burn with the glory of God in my life. I'm going to burn with passion for the glory of God in my life. The scripture says nations will be attracted to your radiant light. 
When we get out, of, we are to go out, and nations are to be attracted. When we walk down the streets, and I know you've heard me say this, oh, pastor, I've heard you say this a hundred times. Somebody told me this week, I said, yeah, I've been preaching identity, and they said, yeah, forever. And I said, the reason I'm still preaching, because we ain't got it yet. We ain't got it yet. We, don't, we're not, we haven't understood to the full capacity of who God created us to be, because when we do, we're going to change the world around us. Is anybody here this morning? Listen, Mother Teresa burned with her passion in her life. And so everything she did was to change the world around her. Billy Graham said, I'm going to burn with those passion that God has put in my life. And so I'm going to change the world around me. This is not just something that happened back in the day. This is something that's happening in the earth right now. And when we burn with that passion, the passion of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we will transform and change the world because they will be attracted to the radiant light. We are the sons and the daughters of God. And we're carrying out the glory of God. I believe this is time for the church to rise up and be the light and bring the light of the gospel to the nations. And to see the glory of the Lord in every nation. We're in a time when it seems like darkness covers the earth. But it's only in the dark that we can see the light. I want you to turn the lights out. Turn them all out. Turn all the lights out. It's only in the dark. Turn them all totally out. I wish those windows were covered up over there. It's only in the dark that the light shines the brightest. You, you, you can never get it enough dark to cover the light. But you can have enough light that will shine in any dark place. And so oftentimes we allow the the darkness to come in and and make us believe a lie that the darkness is greater than the light. But the darkness is not greater than the light. You can never get it dark enough to cover the light. And you're only responsible for one light, and that's your light. And so you're going to get up in the morning, you're going to burn with the glory of God. You're going to get up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to let my little light shine. I'm going to let my light burn. I'm going to let my life be a light to the world that's around me. Well, what if I'm the only light? Well, then you're the greatest light in the room. What if I'm the only one doing it? Well, it doesn't matter if anybody else does it because because then you are the light of the world. Come on, somebody. Look, shine your light over there. Somebody else get your light out. Come on, shine your light. I'm responsible for what light? I'm not responsible for anybody else's light. Somebody's got a flashlight back there. Some, somebody got a Q-beam back there. Somebody's been in the prayer room. They got a Q-beam. But look what happens when every person begins to light up their light, and they begin to shine the light in the darkness. You see, the Bible says if one can put 1,000 to flight, two could put 10,000 to flight. Jesus took 12 disciples and turned the world upside down. When we decide that I'm going to let my light shine, I'm going to let my light be the light. You can turn the light. I'm going to let my light burn. Then guess what? We're going to see the glory of God in the earth. Somebody say it's my choice. It's my choice. I get to get up every day and make the choice whether I'm going to let my light shine or not. I get up every day and say, I'm going to get a hot burning 
fire of the Holy Spirit in my life and, and I'm going to be a world changer. I get to make that choice. I get to decide that. You see, you're already called. You're already anointed for this purpose. Now all you have to do is activate that purpose and that calling in your life and fulfill what God's called you to do. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. But if we're not careful, we can believe the lie that will keep us from being the light that God has called us to be. We do not know the day or the hour when the Son of Man will return, it says in Matthew 5, uh, 25. But what we do know is that we are the light of the world. And that he has given us the light to shine in the darkness so that the world would see his good works, our good works, and that it would glorify the Father in heaven. So that the world would see our lives being the radiant light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and it would glorify the Father in heaven. So we pray for your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. And then the Lord says, okay, I'm going to let my kingdom come. Then I'm going to send you out into the darkness. And you're going to be the light of the world. And you're going to transform lives. And that's how that works. This is the legacy that we have to leave to our children. The next generation, when they see us burn for God, they will have the courage to be the light to the world and see the glory of God in their lives as, as they affect the world around them. God's called us to live from glory to glory. Not from trouble and trial and persecution and heartache and pain to pain. We're going to have those things, but we're living from glory to glory. We're living full of peace and joy and overcoming the problems of this world. And, we're be, and because we live that life, people around us see the glory of God on our lives. Matthew 25 gives us a good blueprint of how we should live our lives and, and, and how that we should look for the bridegroom. We're looking... Not only for the bridegroom, but we're looking for an everyday encounter with him. I want to just stop here for just a minute. I don't want to have just a one day or a once a month or a once a year encounter with God. I want to have a daily encounter with God. Let, let me add to that. I don't want to just have a daily encounter with God, but I want to have multiple encounters with God throughout my day. And if you really want to burn for God, then you have to make time and you have to make space for these encounters with God. You have to stop for a moment and wait on the Lord and cut out some things out of your life so that you have that moment to pause and hear what God is saying to you. And when you do that, then God will show up big in your life. And having, and, and, but in the scripture in 25, he said the bridegroom was looking the bride was looking for the bridegroom, having plenty of oil in their lamps. Everybody say, plenty of oil in our lamps. Now, five of those had plenty of oil, and five only had just enough for the moment. Just enough for the moment. Oftentimes, and I don't, I'm just going to do a little parallel here. I don't know if this is theologically correct or not, so just give me a little grace. Sometimes our oil is a Sunday morning oil. We got a little Sunday morning oil, but the problem with the Sunday morning oil is when we run into a crisis in our life and we need an encounter with him, he shows up, but he can't find us ready because we burn out. God's saying, I want you to build up a reservoir, a little extra, 
a little side of more all in your life. Now, what does the all represent? The all represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How are we going to have more oil in our lamps? How are we going to have a greater supply? It's because we're going to spend time with the giver of life. (laughs) And that oil is going to burn in us, and we're going to have a little extra, a little more for the moment when the encounter happens. Second, we should be good stewards of what God has put in our hands. It's like the one that he gave the 5,000 golden coins or talents to, however you want to say that. And the other he gave 2,000, and the last he gave 1,000. And when he returned to the one with the five and the other with the two, they had doubled their money. They had doubled their blessing. But when he returned to the one with the one, he had hid it in the ground, for he was afraid of losing it. I'm going to talk to you for just a minute today. God has put things inside of you and giftings inside of you and talent inside of you and gold inside of you and purpose inside of you for the multiplication because he trusts you with it and he believes that what you do with it can can change the world. Are you with me this morning? But we have to be good stewards of what God gives us. But we live in so much fear. We live in so much uh, condemnation and guilt that we, when God gives us something, we want to go preserve what God has given us instead of being spent and giving it out and taking a risk with our lives and believing God for something in the supernatural. Now, this is just practical this morning. There's never been anybody that's ever done anything great that didn't take risk. Are you with me this morning? There's nobody that owns large business or corporations that somewhere along the way that ain't take risks. Matter of fact, when you study men with millions and billions, most of them at some point in their life lost everything because they took risk. It's the same way in the spiritual. Sometimes we have to take the risk so that we can multiply the blessing. But where there is no risk, there is no reward. And we as a church can't live in a little safe place where we just hide our anointing and expect God to do something great. But we got to take what God has put in our lives and say we're going to take some risk with it and we're going to believe God for our supernatural multiplication of what's been given us. Is anybody with me this morning? So he said, to whom much is given, much is required. So I'm just going to give you a little something this morning to take home with you. Don't ask for more. If you're not going to steward it. Don't say, God, anoint me with more. But I'm not going to do anything with it. Because to whom much is given, much is required. When God has blessed you abundantly, there ought to be abundant praise coming out of your mouth. When God has given you a, a, a gift and a talent and a blessing on your life, then there ought to be a risk to take that blessing and say, God, there's a requirement of me to do more with what you've given me. I'm going to do that, God, because to whom much is given, much is required. We live in a day and age when everybody says, I just come to church to get. But I'm going to tell you something, church. God didn't call you to come get. He called you to come give. Well, I, I, I went to church, and I didn't get anything. Well, you didn't put anything in, so you can't get nothing out. Oh, pastor, don't say that. That's mean. No, I'm trying to help you. 
because you're going to the bank of blessing and you can't withdraw because you ain't put anything in the bank of blessing. You ain't put anything in the bank of, of, of opportunity. And so when you come to the bank of blessing, it's a little dry because you haven't put anything in. We need to learn that God wants us, and I said this last week in the offering time, God wants us to be spent and not saved. God wants us. Yeah, oh, praise the Lord, I'm just saved. Well, poor you. That's a boring Christian life, just to be saved. I don't want to be saved. I want to be spent. I want everything that God gives me to be given away because to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. Wait a minute. It's getting quiet in here now. You see, we, we, we have, I don't know, I'm, gonna be, I'm about to get ready to preach a whole series on this, so I'll just prop you up and get you ready. We are a consumer mentality. The church, the American church is all consumer. Give me, give me, give me, give me. But God didn't call the church to be consumers. He called the church to be producers. Can I borrow one of those? You just ate, so be careful. Thank you. Hey there. Hey there. Hey there. Oh, my goodness. Mm, that's good slobber. Just rub it right there. Uh, anoint me with slobber. Put it on my head. All right. I'm getting ready for some slobber. Well, I'm just going to tell you something. If you have a consumer mentality, don't birth a baby. And surely not two at a time. <laughs> Let me have the other one. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on. Double the double portion. Get the bitch. Y'all ready to preach? Come on. Consumer mentality says it's all about me. But the one that says it's all about him births babies. It's about work. And guess what you get to do? <laughs> Change diapers. <laughs> the first few weeks I saw Ricky, he was changing diaper. Every time I saw him, I said, Ricky, all you do is change diapers. He had one. She had the other. It was diaper changing time. If you're going to be the, really what the kingdom of God has called you to be, it's going to take labor. Yeah. He didn't say pray for the harvest. He said pray for the labors. Yeah. Pray for those who don't want us to be consumers but they want to be producers. Amen. And, and, and before you get these babies, you've got to waddle for a few months. Come on. Things kind of get out of shape. Oh, you start walking a little funny. Uh, things start moving around. I, I got so tickled at Holly the other day. I was walking behind her downtown. We was going out to eat, and she was walking along. All of a sudden, she said, <laughs> I said, Lord, girl. Why? Because something's happening. Something's growing. Something's being birthed in you. Something's being birthed in you too right now. <laughs> Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Break. There's a breakthrough anointing up here. But it's going to take work. Everybody say work. Oh, pastor, don't say that dirty word. Work. Listen, if you're going to be a producer, it's going to take work. Right. Babies are work. Yes. <laughs> babies are work. But you know what? We're not raising up babies. We're raising up adults, but we've got to get through the baby part first. 
And if you're going to disciple people, then you're going to have to walk around with your hands full. And you're going to have to make room for life. And you're going to have to change some diapers. And you're going to have to uh, uh, feed some babies. And you're going to have to listen to some whining. And you're going to have to get woke up in the middle of the night because babies are crying. And they're going to call you on the phone. And they're going to do all these things that it takes to produce. But listen, God didn't call you to be a consumer. He called you to be a producer. Say amen. No, I can't get... This is what the church looks like. Producers. I think you got to go change the diaper. I think he produced. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. I want to stir up some anointing that's inside of you. I want to stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. I want to stir up a passion for the lost inside of you. I want to stir up a hunger in your heart for, for the nation's. That's what happens when you're a producer. I want to stir up a desire to become pregnant with the things of the Spirit. Let let me tell you something. If the enemy can get you to believe the lie that you're not the light of the world. He can keep you in the consumer category. But when you understand who God created you to be, the enemy cannot stop you from producing. I've told several people this, and some are probably in this room today. If you can't get over whatever you're dealing with, go serve somebody. Listen, if you're struggling, put your serve shirt on and go find somebody to love on. And God will heal your heart. But when you sit around all the time, oh, yeah, you know, life is bad. I'm going through it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. The enemy's like, "Woo, I'm having a heyday right here. And so he starts telling you all kinds of other stuff. (laughs) I just had a funny thought. I have funny thoughts up here sometimes. I was preaching up north when I was a young preacher. I'm not going to tell this story. <laughs> but some of us are sitting around like a bunch of babies crying about things that wouldn't matter if we were busy doing what God had called us to do. Y'all, y'all, y'all clap your hands and say, I love you, Pastor. Come on, I'm stirring up the fire in you. There's an anointing in you to change the world. So do it. Let me get finished with this. We must be willing 
to give it all for God. The third thing he gives us a picture of in Matthew 25, we must be willing to care for those that are in need. This is the key to opening up some supernatural things in your life. He said, when you clothe and feed those who do not have the means to do it for themselves, you have done this unto me. And when you visit someone in prison and you share the love of Jesus, you have honored our Father in heaven. And when we get outside of ourselves and we begin to do the things that God has called us to do, and you say, well, I don't know if God's called me to do that. Well, if you see somebody in need, you don't need to pray about it. Well, God, should I give that person that's cold and wet a blanket? No, you don't need to pray about that. That's a mandate from the Lord. Well, they're just a bum. They're just, they always go around trying to get people's money. Hey, listen, let God deal with that. When you see a need and you start activating the work of the Spirit in your life to touch the need, guess what happens? God begins to put the fire inside of you. And it will burn in your heart. And you'll want to do more. And then he closes out Matthew 25 with a very strong word. He said, then he will answer and say to them, don't you know when you refuse to help the one that's least important among these little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you refuse to help and honor me. And they will depart from his presence and go into eternal punishment. But the godly and beloved sheep will enter into eternal bliss. Wonderful joy. Now, I'm, I'm preaching on the kingdom culture. I'm not talking about eternity in heaven. I'm talking about eternity on earth. If you want to live in the joy of the Lord, don't wait for, don't wait for something to happen. You're in it now. And when you begin to love other people, you're going to walk in the blessing of God, and it's going to overflow in your life. Heather, you can come. The church is the answer to the world because we have been given the power through the work of the Holy Spirit to be ambassadors to the world. And it first starts in our community, then to the other nations, then around the world. And we're not looking for a way out. We're not looking for, uh, well, what's the easy way out? What's the simple way out? We're looking to see the glory of God manifest in the earth so that it can produce what God has already promised for us. And we're the light that's shining in the darkness. It's at times like this we need to see the glory of the Lord shining the brightest. It's at times when it's the darkest. It's, listen, I'm so tired of politics. I'm so I just dread that we got another election coming up. I just dread it. All those promises. All those promises. It's amazing to me that people will listen to man on TV that wants an office and believe all those promises that he's going to give and then hold him accountable to it and say, well, he didn't produce or she didn't produce or they didn't do what they said. But God gave us a promise and he always fulfills. Amen. I'm going to look to him. Because I know John, he's the author and finisher of my life. And that a president is not going to change my life. A congressman is not going to change my life. You're saying, Pastor, we shouldn't get out and vote. No, I think you should vote. I'm not saying any of those things. Don't get political on me. I'm just simply saying, don't let politics decide who you are. Don't let the government decide who you are. Don't let 
people decide you are, who you are, but let your lights shine and have encounters with God, and you will know who you are. And learn to be content. Oh, let me preach on this for just a minute. Can I have five more minutes? Learn to be content. Quit your complaining. It's amazing to me that God gives you more and then you complain about what you don't have. We live in the most blessed nation on the earth. We are to be the happiest people on the earth. But you know what? I've traveled to other nations. I've traveled to other nations. My friend Connor's here this morning. He just got back from Africa. And we were talking about how those people over there are living under great persecution and living in, 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 in remote places, not having food to eat or clothes to wear, but they have joy. You see, because joy doesn't come from what we possess. Joy comes from him. He said, whatever state you're in, be content. Quit complaining. You just, every time you complain, you give the devil praise. Be content. I was walking around my house the other day, and I was burning leaves, and I was working, and I was sweating. It was, you know, 100 degrees and 100% humidity. <laughs> and I was sweated down, and I was walking my house, and then I, I started just thanking the Lord as I walked around my house. I started saying, God, I thank you for this house, and I thank you for this piece of property. But more so, God, once I started giving things, I started redirecting my praise to the place it needed to go. God, there's more that I'm thankful for because this house doesn't define me. That car doesn't define me. I'm thankful, God. I'm thankful for who you are, God. All of a sudden, my thankfulness for what I have turned into my thankfulness for who he is, and I began to give the Lord just a sounding praise. God, I'm thankful for who you are. I want to be content. I want to live in a place of, of praise, a place of thanksgiving. And the more I'm thankful, the more my light shines, the more the goodness of God is around me. And we have been given this supernatural power to bring, out, bring about a transformation in the earth. And so we don't have to allow the lies of the devil to dismantle the church, but rather we bring the kingdom revelation that shakes the very foundations of hell. You have inside of you the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me this morning? Have, have you already quit? I'll quit. I'll quit in a minute. If you've already quit, but I want you to just take this little bit left. Christy, you have the kingdom of God in you. <laughs> Let me go over here and say it over here. Ricky. You carry the kingdom of God. Michael, you carry the kingdom of God. The president is not more powerful than you. You can sign into order a declaration over a nation that his pen and paper will never. <laughs> Yo, no, 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 y'all not getting it yet. Y'all not getting it yet. When you carry the kingdom, I got the king seal. What I say changes heaven and earth. Does anybody believe that? 
He has given me authority through the Holy Spirit to raise the dead, to open blind eyes, to set the captive free. <laughs> and look, I'm not making any light of this because I, I, I'm not at all. I'm not at all. So don't, 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 get, don't get weird on me. We have a terrible situation in America with mental illness. But the government's not the answer to that. The church is the answer to mental illness. <laughs> because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to speak and say, no longer will you throw yourself in the fire. No longer will you throw yourself into the water. Because we're saying every mental illness, every spirit that's trying to attack your mind, come out in the name of Jesus. Now, Pastor, we need a hospital for those people. We are the hospital for those people. Well, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to stay here just a minute because some of y'all are going like, no, no, wait a minute. You're getting all crazy on me, Pastor. Listen, we're the answer. We're the answer. The local church is the answer to the world. Why? Because he said, I'm going to give you power over all spirits. I'm give you power and authority over all spirits. Well, now we believe we got faith for a headache, but I ain't sure I got faith for something like, you know, bigger than that. Or you empty out hospitals and you say, well, that's good preaching, but it's not reality. You know why it's not reality? Because we're not emptying out hospitals. Okay. I'm getting like all these little nods in here. Jesus said, greater things shall you see and do. Now, what was greater than the dead being raised? What was greater than the blind eyes being opened? What was greater than deaf ears being unstopped? What was greater than spirits being cast, demonic spirits being cast out? What's greater is, is when the church becomes the church and there's more of us doing what Jesus did. So Jesus had himself and then he empowered 12 disciples and the 12 disciples fulfilled the commission and now we're empowered as disciples to go into the world and do the same thing Jesus did. That's the greater. Sometimes you just got to get Holy Ghost mad. Like I am tired of hearing preaching about miracles and not seeing miracles. So I'm going to let 
my light shine. No, Pastor, I found this person. They're really sick, and we're going to bring them to church. Pray for them. Your light's good enough. Well, we're going to bring them to church. No, no, you lay hands on them right there. And you say, listen, I believe God could heal you right now. Where's Emil at? Come here, Emil. So I'm going to tell you something, son. I know you're getting older and you're starting to be a teenager. Don't let nobody talk to you out of the fact that there's a miracle inside of you. And I've seen this kid go up to people and pray for people in Walmart, and they're healed. And here's the problem. They, we preach that to them, and they believe it. And then they grow up, and they don't see us do it, so they quit believing it. I thought y'all said Jesus was a miracle worker. What you doing just standing there? Oh, boy, it's so quiet in here. You can hear a pin drop. All right, praise God. Still a good word. So we're praying for nations. We're praying for its leaders. Hey, listen, when we pray for nations, we pray for leaders. Quit praying for your party line. Lord, help all the Republicans. Because we know that Jesus was a Republican. And Jesus loves sinners. If you want to pray like Jesus, then you're going to tell Zacchaeus, hey, I'm going to your house this afternoon. Hope he's not on your party line. What are they going to say about you? I just want this to sink in because God's stirring up a fire inside of us. Like, you know what? We ought to be praying for this election, but we ought to be praying for the glory of God to come to America like it's never come before. And we ought to say, Lord, whatever your will is, let it be done. We're lovers of God. And that turns us into givers give to give us the power to love others because you're a lover of God you love others let me just go ahead and just wait on out here listen I'm going to say today publicly I, I don't believe that it's God's plan for homosexuality and, and, and transgender that's not biblical stuff but guess what neither is it biblical for pornography and heterosexual sleeping together and, and all this other stuff. So don't be going around beating on the pulpit about homosexuals while you're, you're okay with your friends that live in adultery. Good. We love every person no matter what they've done or done wrong done right or wrong we love people and you're not being holy ghost when you hate you might just be being a redneck and you might ought to pray the redneck out of you because we're going to love people
And I preached this 22 years ago at this church, the first day I arrived here. And we're going to love people. You know what this church is open to? Every homosexual, every drug addict, every murderer, every liar, every thief, every backbiter, every gossip, every cheat, every... And we're going to love them, and we're going to show them Jesus, and then we're going to tell them there's a better way to live. But we're going to love people. Because here, what Paul said, he said, except for the grace of God, (laughs) there go some of you. Don't forget where God brought you from when you see people that are broken. Remember, except for the grace of God, that would be you. And we're going to love people. And we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to bring revival to our nation. And to bring righteousness to our nation. You see... The word of God tells us that righteousness exalted the nation, not your opinion. And when we bring righteous prayer and praise and worship and thanksgiving to the nation, it changes the nation. Leave your judgment at home. Let God be the righteous judge. Are y'all with me this morning? Because I'm stirring up the church to be the church. I know I'm way over time. And the last thing I want to talk about is the bride of Christ is the answer to the church. And he has anointed us to preach the gospel. And we don't have to look like the world to reach the world. He says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Let me just help you just a minute this morning. When I was a kid growing up in church, that preach come out from among them be you separate and whether they intended this or not I had this ideal in my mind that what made us separate was how we looked now don't get me wrong I believe we are to be modest and I think we are to walk a modest life and live a holy life but what really separates us from the world so that is the light of his glory that's in us. And when we've been with him on the mountain, we're going to bring his glory. And it's, we're going to be separate from the world. They're going to look at us differently because we've been with the Lord. And the anointing is resting upon us. So let me help you this evening. You can go to church and still be like the world. But when you get in the presence of the Lord on a daily basis and have an encounter with him, there's no way you can look like the world. But the world will be attracted to how you look. And for some reason, somewhere along the way, we thought we need to look like the world so that we could influence the world. But let me tell you what changes the world. It's the God, it's the God in us. It's Christ in us. And it's the burning fire, the Spirit burning in us. And the world will be attracted to you.
Maybe I need a good preach an old-fashioned sermon on holiness. L- let me preach it in two seconds. Holiness is you being full of God. And when you're full of God, you can't help but be holy. Stand with me.